Welcome to Share Zone. It's your host Sahil Batani. Today, um, I'm really feeling like a Spartan. Happy Monday. Uh, when you first words that pop in my mind when I think of Spartan is honestly trifecta. Uh, did three three races uh, a couple years ago uh, with my charter team and. Uh, they're all sparring races. I don't know if you guys ever been to a sparring race, but they're pretty. They're pretty. They're pretty lit. So the owner of Spartan, his name is Joe De Sena. He's a creator of Spartan Race. Uh, started that. Who knows when? But they're pretty nice. I I'll tell you that they're 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 international. Uh, and uh, people love it. it. I mean, if you go to a single sparring event, it will definitely influence you in a good way, I should say. Um, so we're all you David Goggins out there, um, all you Joe De Sena fans out there. I mean, highly recommend checking the the first episode out at least. Uh, for it's on HubSpot. Uh, I mean, YouTube uh, story of Joe Sena, Joe De Sena, uh, the creator of Spartan Race. So I'm gonna actually play that. It's 12 minutes and 47 uh, seconds long. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love your feedback. And as soon as it's done, I'm gonna stop it and then. Uh, might create another video. I mean, the goal is to interview Joe Jace and, uh, and really pick his brain. But for now, at least, uh, I'm going to start this, all right? But uh, enjoy. When I describe this overnight success of Spartan that's taken 18 years, 15 of which we were losing money, anybody with half a brain would have quit three years in, four years in, five years in, ten years in. But I take a really, really long view in everything I do, never looking for the quick win. And I think the payoff uh, that comes later is, is just much bigger and tastes better. Hmm. I wonder where you could be. I think this is the right house on property. I don't see him. Oh, in here. In there. Let me text him. Oh. <sighs> Looks like we found him. Paul? Yeah. Daisy. Daisy. Thanks for having us. No problem. You guys ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. Young kid who doesn't really want to get a job or go to college 
to uh, someone that's watching my mother go buy a Chevrolet that she can't pay for because now they're divorced. And uh, I'm thinking, like, how the hell am I going to get back to where we were? And my mother says, oh, it's really simple. You just got to work. And then it just so happens, serendipity, that my neighbor needs somebody to clean the pool or maybe he was just looking out for me and yes. he brings me over and I do a good job and then he recommends another boss and another boss and before you know it, I got 700 customers and I'm cleaning pools and, and cleaning lawn furniture and then they're saying, oh, can you do brickwork? Because I was a worker, right? I'd show up at Saturday night at 11 o'clock at night because that's all the time that was left and I know they want the job done by next week's. And I'm crushing it within a few years. There's some lessons that you... I'm actually pausing this for now. Uh, I just want to read something. It says, uh, at age 24, Joe sold his pool cleaning business for $500,000 to pursue a career on Wall Street. Again, at age 24, Joe DeSena, the creator of the Spartan Race, sold his pool cleaning business for $500,000 to pursue a career on Wall Street. With you from growing your pool construction business. If you don't have money in the game where you're on the hook and you told all your friends and your family you're gonna do this and you're mortgaged up to your neck, then what happens? You pull the plug when the going gets tough. Mm. And guess what? There's no business where the going doesn't get, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. So if you're not on the hook, like I would have never been successful in any business I've done if I had an escape, if I could escape. Mm. But you can't escape. You're on the hook, you got payroll, you've got employees to take care of, you've got, you can't leave. Yeah. So like when you get bad news, which comes every single day, um, so what? That's the deal. You grew up in Queens and then you don't just walk onto Wall Street and get a job. So what, what was the moment that create an opportunity for that. It turns out I have a cousin who's a recruiter down there and he gets me a meeting with a guy who just happened to have an open mind that day. And I get a job on Wall Street at the, you couldn't get any lower because they didn't even have a position for what I, they didn't even know what to do with me. Yeah. So I end up on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and I am getting yelled at for 30 grand. I was making $200,000 a year with my business. I'm now getting paid 30 and I'm getting screamed at I can't do the math quick enough. I can't answer six phones at once. Yeah. I, like, I'm, not, I'm not talented at this because I never did it. Yeah. And um, I literally I start crying one day. What am I doing? Why would you do immediately go back to where you were the big guy, right? And um, I, don't know, I decided to stick with it. The guy that, that pushed me to go on Wall Street said, you're, you're going to have an issue if you are lucky enough to get a job here. I said, what's the issue? He said, you're going to have something they refer to as golden handcuffs. And I said, what, what is that? Because I, where I'd come from, everybody got silver handcuffs and I went to jail. And um, he said, you're going to be making so much money that you can't leave. And um, I mean, we were, we were doing three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a day. We had multi-million dollar days. On a, it was unbelievable. And I understood then what he was talking about. Like, how do, I, how do you leave this? But I knew, I knew it wasn't forever. I, like, I didn't want to sit in front of a computer my whole life. I didn't want... At, after 15 successful years at his brokerage firm, uh, Joe changes the course of his life. So this happened after 15 successful years at this firm. I, I wanted to get out 
and um, live. Is there sort of a crystalline moment when you really executed in your mind the decision to make that pivot? I find myself on Wall Street achieving what I'm hoping to achieve, which is financial success. And um, I stumble upon adventure racing. Felt like I was pouring cement again and laying bricks, but it was competitive. It was even mm. better than that. Mm. And we were kayaking and biking and running. And I go, this is unbelievable. What's, what's the next level? I got to do something harder. You have a race that's impossible. I want it. I got to do this as a business because I'm a natural entrepreneur. Everything I, everything I see I want to do as a business. Maybe 50,000 lunatics together online uh, get their emails, build this cool website where they climb mountains, they ride bikes across the country, they swim across the English Channel, and, um, and I'll put on some races to promote it. And I'll sponsor some teams. And so from 2000, 2001 to like 2010, I am messing around with peak.com and trying to get this to work. And that's like you're trying to build a community and the races are a vehicle to get that community going. Is that right? I'm just thinking, look, there's probably only 50,000 people globally that would do this stuff. But those 50,000 people would inspire the world if we had a platform where we could showcase what's possible. Everything that could go wrong went wrong for about a decade. Just lost an insane amount of money. I had no business being in this business. I could you're not still running your other business? Still running my other business. This is like a hobby. The guy said to me the other day, if you're going to punch, it better be a knockout. Right. Right? You don't, you, don't, you don't punch and, like, not affect the person you're punching because it's coming back at you. We get this name Spartan. 700 people show up. From, from the start of the race, yeah, which was only, like, 90 minutes max, mm -hmm. people are transforming. And that was, like, all right, we got to put more money into this. So, um, so open a second race and a third race. And then, it, and then it was just like, then it even went further downhill because then I lost insane amounts of money. Um, but I had no choice because then, the, then you're on the hook. Then I'm, once I announce a race, I'm spending $600,000 whether one person shows up or 5,000 people show up. As crazy as it was to go from Vermont to New York to Montreal to, to UK to Slovakia, eventually the world became aware that this thing was awesome and it was transformative. And, um, and then it just started working, right? It's, it's like, like the old uh, shampoo commercial, like you tell two people and they tell two right. people and so, like it just, it just happened one day. Because we started uh, with a situation where we didn't have a lot of capital and I was constantly trying to just keep the machine going, the people that came to work for us were very passionate. I had to, um, I had to do a global call one day because we were out of money again. And I said, look, uh, here's the deal. I said, um, the only thing we could afford is uh, $2,000 a month. Everybody's gonna get paid the same, $2,000 a month. And so um, 49 people stayed on. And so those people uh, really do reflect the values of, of, of what this brand is. So platforming from today at 5 million people to getting to 100 million people. I got people 95 in. million to go. I'm selling something that's a really tough sell and it's getting harder, right? Because young, young kids used to, We'd see kids running around 20 years ago right now, but kids are playing video games, including mine. And so I'm selling like discipline and hard work and commitment and put down the glass of wine and the coffee and the cigarette. And that's a tough sell. Um, and will it fall out of favor? It's already somewhat out of favor. Um, I don't know. You know, talking about like your kids, what are your goals for them as a father? Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm just focused on uh, the kids. 
Yeah. Right? I'm not saying if I do this, it's going to help other people. I'm like, well, how, how could we do the best for our children? Mm. Number one goal, right? And so I'm just a believer. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I haven't, I was not a father before, but um, the hard work is always better than not. Mm. I made them start their own businesses. What are, the, what are their businesses? Hachi Dragon is uh, someday going to be a sushi restaurant and nice. Bonfire Charlie starts bonfires on the beach. That's not the girls. The girls are over here. Do your kids feel like this stuff is, like the starting businesses and working on the morning, how much of it do they engage in it as play versus like things they have to do? You know, Jack is going to be 13. And um, I thought, you know, at 13, maybe I say to him, hey, you're on your own now. You decide if you want to join us. Yeah. Like from, from 4 to 13, this is the program, like brushing your teeth. After that, you're, you decide. I don't think it would be unreasonable to for anybody, any partner, to say what she says, which is like, when when is time for us? When are we gonna smell the roses? When are we gonna relax? You're always on. She goes like people will come up to me if we go to a race, right? Oh my god, Joe, let's get a picture, let's hang out, you're unbelievable. And she's like, Yeah, you're unbelievable for about three days. They don't have to live with you. Right? Because like the point that she's making is like, I don't stop. It's every single morning seven days a week it's like i don't but that's just the way i'm wired like and that's what i believe in you can't just go to the gym for a week and all of a sudden you're fit it's like the rest of your life it's a practice it's a practice everything it's just over and over and over every day and so so yeah she gets she i think anybody would get frustrated it's relentless it just doesn't it never ends is it fair to say that you don't like stillness well, I mean, a lot of people say, Joe, stop and smell the roses. My response to that is, well, who the fuck waters them, trims them, and fertilizes them? There's a reason there's roses to smell. So sure. you gotta do the work. I wanna do three lives in one. Like, you don't get it, you don't put another quarter in. It's right. like, I just, so I wanna get it all in. And I guess, you know, I saw my mother die at a young age. I saw people go to jail at young, like, they just disappear, they're gone. You just wanna get it all in. You yeah. wanna, like, you don't wanna waste any time. It's such a gift. Does that relate to why you gear yourself towards very extreme experiences? When you do extreme stuff, like you know, you feel alive. When's the last time somebody came up to you and said, oh, I wish I stayed on the couch longer last night. I wish I had a little more ice cream. Like, this doesn't happen, right? But yeah. you do say, man, as, as tough as that thing was when we snowshoed those 80 miles, yeah. like you talk about the rest of your life. It was right. amazing. Yeah. You sat down after we hiked yesterday, and you were like elated. But what that means is the accomplishment, the medal, it means so much. So, you earned it. You earned it. What else? Woo! You earned it. <laughs> So yeah, that's the story of Joe Des Desena, the creator of the Spartan Race, uh, episode one. And there's a bunch of interviews with uh, Joe Desena, and he's a great guy. I mean, I've just seen him online, but um, I've been, I've done at least I've done three Spartan races, and uh, I plan on doing way more in the future. Um, definitely uh, interviewing Joe Desena is. A goal of mine because I have so many questions I want to ask him 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, the last three races that I went to was the sprint race. Uh, one of them was in Michigan. The other one was the 5K, which was at uh, Wrigley Field in city. It was actually, it was really fun. It was, like, snowing. We were all outside. The environment was really nice. And the third one was the Beast uh, Wow, that was that was really really cool. Uh, the Beast event was in Indiana in the attic. This is um, really nice land filled with sand and <clears throat> this is great. <clears throat> went there with my charter team. Uh, my a bunch of my friends went there and it was cool. It was fun. Uh, had a great time. Pulled muscles and had cool some store had some stories uh that it's still in my mind uh yet till this day it's my core memory uh but i'm excited to really have more ex- experiences with races honestly the first time i did go to a sprint race it was like my first time really honestly going to a race in general i've done races but Spartan races, it just felt different. It felt like an actual race. And at the same time, it didn't feel feel like a race because it was, it was a whole team thing. It was all based on team. And uh, I just love Spartan, Spartan's mission. And I'm excited to see where Spartan takes me. But other than that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And if you have any more questions about Spartan, I mean, obviously you could visit the website, but you could also reach out to me anytime you want. Uh, Right now, I've been really active with this uh, community that I'm in the process of building with my family. It's called uh, Zenadigm, at Z-E-N-A-D-I-G-M. I I also, I'm working with my... A project with my uh, dad and his team. It's called the Medical Claim Center, uh, where we generate leads for potential settlements for and give it to law firms. <clears throat> it's a fun project that I'm working on. If you are aware about Mass Tort, it's a Mass Tort. Uh, business is literally driven by the Mass Tort community. Uh, the whole organization is called Mass Torts Made Perfect, and uh, Mike Papatanio. My guy, <laughs> hey, he's he's the he's the guy to talk to about MT as towards made perfect. He's the person to talk to. I mean, what they it's a litigation. So I mean, they really find companies that uh, did not really mention certain things in the FDA chart and uh, find side effects if there are certain things that affect you as a person that. Masters community, uh, MT, Masters Made Perfect, MTMP, um, what they do is they go after that company and find a settlement and get it FDA approved. That's that's what that's what the whole goal is with Masters. Uh, what we do is, from our end is we generate leads for, right now, I mean, we have campaigns set up for different things, but the main focus that we do have right now is uh, talcum powder like Johnson Johnson baby powder and uh, Elmeron. So a little bit about talcum powder, um, Johnson and Johnson. I'm sure you are familiar with Johnson and Johnson. I'm sure you're also familiar with talcum powder, but um, they <clears throat> they had some side effects. A couple 
couple of years ago, long time ago actually, and uh, whoever was exposed to John- Johnson and Johnson, I mean, there was a slight ch- chance of the person getting uh, ovarian cancer, like asbestos was huge, and there's a bunch of things that like I don't want to go into much in detail, but. Uh, there were side effects. So, I mean, anyone that's from below, like, age of 70, 60, uh, consumed talcum powder for a certain amount of years and uh, um, applied it in their body, <clears throat> just just look out for yourself. And if you want to talk more about this in detail, obviously, we do have free case reviews uh, on the website, medicalclaimcenter.com. And uh, if you haven't, we're also on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can call me anytime, 630-550-3598. That is my most active phone number. Uh, also, I'm constantly posting on the, our team is constantly posting on the social media chats. And our goal is to become really, really engaged so that eventually we could elevate and just create a conscious community of peace ambassadors. <laughs> but... Yeah, I just want to keep it simple now. I mean, hopefully uh, that vision does get stronger and stronger every single day. And uh, I get a chance to serve Mother Earth. <laughs> but I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day again. And stay blessed. And I hope to talk to you soon. Bye. We are super excited about this episode. We're interviewing Tim Ferriss. And even more exciting, this is brought to you by Audible.com. You know, Marion, I heard Tim Ferriss hangs out somewhere on one of these rocks. We can film. Holy s. <laughs> Tim Ferriss. I knew, <laughs> I knew we'd get him. Gave me quite a fright there. <laughs>